Good evening, PCA, on your feet. It's time to worship our awesome God. I love that the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and save the lost, which we used to be, right? Thank you, Lord. When we were lost ones, you were the shepherd that carried us home. When we were prodigals, you ran to meet us with open arms. And we can't hold back our praise. When we were refugees, you were the one who took us in. When we were enemies, you paid the price for all our sin. Thank you, Lord. And we can't hold back our praise. This is the sound of adoration. Oh, how we love you. Jesus, we love you. You are the joy of all creation. Oh, how we love you. Jesus, we love you. We love you. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my 
rock in whom I take refuge. Is that your God? Is he your rock tonight? Hallelujah. I can see the clouds rolling. I can feel the winds, they try to shake me. I will not be moved. My feet are on the rock. Feel the waters rise. I can hear the howling lies that haunt me. Fear won't hold me now. My feet are on the rock. Hallelujah. When I feel my hope about to break, I will cling to your unchanging grace. Let the waters come and the earth give way. I'll be dancing in the rain. Feel the joy on the horizon. Here my faith is found. I stand on solid ground. When I feel my hope about to break, I will cling to your unchanging grace. Let the waters come and the earth give way. I'll be dancing in the rain. My feet are on the rock. Hallelujah, Lord. Solid rock, I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. So stomp your feet and clap your hands. Our feet are on the rock. On Christ the solid rock, I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. So stomp your feet and clap your hands. Our feet are on the rock. On Christ the solid rock, I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. So stomp your feet and clap your hands. Our feet are on the rock. When I feel my hope about to break. I will cling to your unchanging grace. Let the waters come and the earth give way. I'll be dancing in the rain. When I feel my hope about to break, I will cling to your unchanging grace. Let the waters come and the earth give way. I'll be dancing in the rain. My feet are on the rock. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. So stomp your feet and clap your hands, our feet are on the rock. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. So stomp your feet and clap your hands, our feet are on the rock. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. So stomp your feet and clap your hands, our feet are on the rock. When I feel my hope about to break. I will cling to your unchanging grace. Let the waters come and the earth give way. I'll be dancing in the rain. When I feel my hope about to break, I will cling to your unchanging grace. Let the waters come and the earth give way. I'll be dancing in the rain. My feet are on the rock. Bless your holy name, Lord. Hallelujah.
love to tell the story of unseen things above of Jesus and his glory of Jesus and his love I love to tell the story because I know it is true it satisfies my to all the time be bold and courageous Lord be bold and courageous we because of all that Jesus has done for us we can believe on the Lord Jesus and we can be saved let's sing about his goodness tonight he is so good to us Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. Are you desperate for some healing? Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way. 
tell you about my Jesus and let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Who can wipe away the tears from broken dreams and wasted years and tell the past to disappear? tell you about my Jesus and all the wrong turns that you would go and undo if you could who would work it all for your good home let me tell you about my Jesus he makes a way where there ain't no way rises up from an empty grave ain't no sinner that he can't save let me tell you about
shout for joy to you Lord all the earth we worship you Lord with gladness we come before you with joyful songs my Jesus my Savior Lord there is none like you all of my days I want to pray the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath, all that I am, never to worship you shout to the Lord all the earth let us see power and majesty praise to the King mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the
with you in this place tonight. Lord, I pray that you will just touch every heart as we are worshiping you and as we are hearing your word tonight that we will have an encounter with you. Lord, I love you. I bless you. I praise you. Lord, you are good. You are great. You are perfect in all your ways. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've already done in our lives tonight. Lord, I praise you, and I thank you for what you're getting ready to do. Have your way, Lord. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' holy name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. It's good, like we say, to be in the house of the Lord. First Chronicles. 29 verses 10 through I think 14. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our Lord, we give you our thanks and praise your glorious name. That's a powerful scripture. That's powerful. He has everything. Everything in heaven and on earth is his. And he lets us have it. He blesses us with whatever he thinks we can handle. Sometimes we want more, but the Lord says, eh. But he gives it to us and says, do well, my children. Do well, my children. Just a few ways we like to give. Of course, we have the, the offering in just a few moments. We love checks and cash. We have the kiosk out in the back. You can send it to us at uh, 2313 East Prospect. You can go on the uh, on our 
website, pcachurch.com to give there. You can go online for contributions. There's so many ways. But God has given it to us to be used for His glory. And He wants us to use it for His glory. Tonight as we give, let us just remember it's His. And we're just giving back a portion that He's given to us to bless us with. And He has blessed us, believe me. He has blessed us. Ushers, if you'd come forward. Father, we just take this opportunity to say thank you. That, Lord, yours is the power and the majesty and the strength and the glory and the honor and the splendor. Lord, you are everything to us. Let us give, Lord, our hearts to you in adoration, in praise, and in glory. Father, this night as we give our gifts and our tithes, let it be used for your kingdom, Lord. Let it be used wisely, but let it be used in so many ways to bless others. Father, we just thank you for that opportunity to give and to share. And Lord, we just love you. We just love you, Lord. As we give you praise and honor and glory for all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless as you give. Amen. <clears throat> Well, it was wonderful, wonderful day today. We've had some good, good showers from heaven, and uh, we've had a great day today, and man, the place was packed out back there for dinner tonight, and um, I was told they even ran out of food for some people, so I apologize for that, but um, that just means that uh, we've got more and more people coming to church on a Wednesday night, so it's great to have you here. Um, listen, I want to just say from our staff Thank you so much for the appreciation um, service on Sunday evening. That was wonderful. Uh, we had great, uh, we had great turnout. We had a great movie. Uh, we had some great entertainment uh, and some wonderful words that were said about each pastor. And so, thank you so much. Um, I'll tell you one thing. You know, when you're in the ministry, the only thing you really, really want is to just think that people appreciate you. If, you, if you've got that, then the rest of it, uh, it'll all work out. But if you know that people appreciate you, and so all the people that worked hard on Sunday morning, Sunday night, to make that a special day, thank you, thank you so much. Well, during this pandemic, I believe a lot of times, and especially churches, we, we get off point as to what we are supposed to be doing. We get off target as to what's going on, and with the last year and a half, I mean, we've had it to where people do not attend church at all, and then we had it to where we were attending church in a parking lot, and then we had it where we were, I was in here by myself, then we added the praise team, and then we added a few people, and, and because of all the disconnect and the disorientation, um, I had somebody ask me uh, a couple of days ago, what are we doing? Isn't that a good question you should ask every now and then? What are we doing? If we're a church, what is a church? And why do we do church? Well, we're supposed to, but why? What is the purpose of it? And so tonight, I want to come back to a square one, a pivotal point of what we are supposed to be doing here. 
Now, around our campus tonight, we've got all kinds of groups meeting all over the place. Uh, but you are in here, and I want you to get this, then you share it with all the other groups that meeting are all over the campus. So tonight, I want to talk about a biblical church. What is a biblical church? Because in our society today, we're running after all kinds of types and all types of personalities and people go to this church because of this personality or, or this worship or this teaching or this name on the building or this or the other or whatever they may have. This church has a good children's ministry. This church has a good youth ministry. This, kid, this church has good pastoring, preaching. This church has good worship. And so we are going after all kinds of things. But I want to talk about what does it mean to be a biblical church. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 and following says this. So Christ himself, I love this, Christ himself gave the apostles, he gave the prophets, he gave the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming, but instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of Him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Amen. Wow, that's a great passage. And that is a central package of what it means to be a biblical church. God has given to the church apostles, prophets, he has given to the church evangelist, and those three offices during this pandemic have gotten displaced. I don't know of many churches having revivals with evangelists right now. I don't know too many churches who are operating in the apostolic or the prophetic. Why? Because we've gotten disoriented and discombobulated and things have gotten out of order. And if you notice there, it says pastors and teachers. It's the only ministry gift that's put together. We have apostles, we have prophets, we have evangelists. But then pastor and teacher is put together. There's a reason for that. There are times that as a pastor, I need to preach the word. But there are also times as a pastor, I need to teach. And so tonight I want to teach what we are about here at PCA Church because we are to be built up, and we're to be mature, we're to be strong, and we build ourselves up in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the first thing a biblical church has to understand is biblical priority. What is our priority here at PCA Church? Verse 12 says this, The priority of the church is to equip His people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Right there in Ephesians, after he gives the gifts, he says these gifts are given to the church for the express purpose of equipping 
all of the people so that they do works and the body is built up. So the first thing is this. As a pastor teacher, my number one priority role is to equip you. Equip you. To give you the equipment you need to live a life that is overcoming in front of everybody else. When you come into this church, I believe you get equipped. Then you walk out and you live a victorious Christian life in front of people. Sometimes I've seen Christians, the only time they, they exercised their equipment was in the church. This is not where we exercise our equipment. This is where we get equipped. Then we go out and we live our lives and we are equipped to win the lost to Jesus Christ. We equip people to do the work of the ministry. You see, a lot of churches think, well, in the ministry, isn't that the pastor's job? No. I've had a lot of people through the years come into church and go, Pastor, we need you to do this, 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 and this. I'm sorry, but that's not my job. Well, aren't you the pastor? Well, yeah, but that's not my job. Uh, I've equipped people in the church to do those ministries. You see, that's what a pastor does. He equips the people of the church. They do the ministry. My job is equipping. Your job is the ministry. People think, well, we go to church. All we do is give pastor all these jobs that need to be get done, and then he has to do them before we come back. No, it's not biblical. A biblical pattern and priority is the pastor equips you through preaching and teaching, and you go out and win the lost. Not only are we able to be equipped, but we're to do what else? Serve God. Every born-again believer has a role in the church to serve God and a role outside of the church to serve God. There should be no one in the church. Now, wouldn't it be great if this was the actual reality? But there should be no one in the church that says, I have nothing to do. Everybody in the church should be equipped and serving in the church. You know why? Because every person has a gift of the Holy Spirit. When God saves us, He gives us a gift of the Holy Spirit. And every person has a gift. You may not know it, but you do. You're gifted. We need to discover that gift. You need to then get equipped in that gift. And then you serve in that gift. The Bible says that we are responsible for training the gift that God has given to us. That's our responsibility. And when we stand before God, He will hold us accountable for the gift that He has given to us. How did you train? How did you equip? And how did you use the gift that I gave you? I believe that God added to the church in, in the book of Acts. The Bible says He added daily to it as it was needed. That's an important thing there. If the church does not need more people, then God will not add to it. Do you know that? He will add to a church that needs more people. He will add to a church when the vision of the church is bigger than the people that are attending the church. So if we ever get to the place to where, well, we really don't need anybody else. Well, then guess what? God won't give us anybody else. Our vision has always got to be bigger than we are. Why? That way we need God. My job as a pastor, I've always known this, my job is to create need. Need. 
What do we need? Well, we need this and we need that. Then God supplies our needs. We need to make sure in the church that we need new members in our church. We need them to operate. If we get to the place where we don't need anybody else, God's not going to give us more. But if we say, God, we need more people to win the lost and we have a place for them to serve, we, we want to equip them, then God will give us more people. We need vision bigger than we are. I believe in team ministry. I, I preach this. I example this. I teach it to our board. I teach it to all of our leaders. Team ministry. Together experiencing a ministry. We do it together. Uh, sports is always huge in my life. I believe sports is used in the word of God for a reason. Uh, I believe this church is like the locker room. We come in here. Uh, we, we, I'm the coach. We get coached up. We get equipped up. And then we leave out of here and we go play the game. We go play the game. Here's what I found, though. Listen to me. If you're on the team and you don't show up for practice, you don't get to play. I've never played on a team where I could not show up for practice. I'm a team member, so I show up for practice. Uh, I need to practice. Everybody needs to practice. So when you're in the game, you don't have to think about it. It comes natural to you. It's called muscle memory. When you're in the game of life, you need to have scripture memory that just comes right out. Your reaction to life should be one that's biblical and has the word of God to it. Now, will you be tempted every now and then like everybody else not to be biblical? Sure. I was tempted yesterday not to be biblical. I came so close to being so frustrated. Anybody like that? Anybody ever have life get you like that? Yeah. And then I had to stop and go, somebody might be watching me. And they know I'm a pastor. And see, when God gives you this opportunity to walk out of this world and people know that you're a Christ follower, it holds you accountable, doesn't it? Yeah. Team. We're all part of the same team. So that's the biblical priority. We also have a biblical purpose. Why are we here in this church? Why do you attend this church? Why has God brought you to this church? Can I give you something that's going to blow some of your minds? Church is for Christians. Yeah. Church is for Christians. Church is where Christians come, Christians get equipped, Christians get taught and trained, and they go out, and then in the world, we win the lost, we lead them to Christ, and then we bring them to church. That's the biblical purpose. People go, oh, if I can just get you to church and you hear Pastor Bardwell preach, man, you'll get saved. No, that's not biblical. The church is for the training ground, the locker room for Christians. Now, do those who are unsaved walk in and get saved? Absolutely. And we thank God for that. But the biblical pattern and purpose is we who are Men and women of God, we are equipped. We walk into the world. You will have people that you can touch their lives that I will never meet. And God has you reach their lives. And when you reach them through your life, you then have an opportunity to lead them to Jesus Christ. They accept Jesus Christ with you talking to them. And then you bring them to church. Pastor, let me introduce you to John and Mary. I led them to Christ this week. And now they're in the church this Sunday. That's biblical. They come in to do what? Get equipped and get trained and find their gift and, and go out and operate in that gift. We're to 
bring life to other people. The Bible tells us that we are to reproduce ourselves in others because Christ is in us. Paul said, follow me as long as I'm following Christ. Uh, then he tells him in Timothy, he said this. He said, what I want you to do is you tell one, then that one will tell another, then you tell another, and the biblical multiplication happens. It can never happen with just a pastor or just a, a teacher or a personality. Churches should never be built on personalities. The only personality at this church is Jesus Christ. The Bible says if Jesus Christ be exalted, then Jesus Christ will draw all men to him. If a church is built on personality, what happens when the personality leaves? Church crumbles. You see, the greatest testimony that I have in my life is that the two churches I've left have continued to grow and move forward. That's what I wanted to happen. Uh, some pastors, they leave a church, they want it to fall apart. No, that's not a good pastor. That, that's not a good foundation. I want every one of you, I want the board to be able to go, you know, we know how to run this church without the pastor. We can do this. we got a great board, and they are trained, and they're equipped, and they're doing a fantastic job. Amen. We've got good leaders in this church. They're equipped. They know what to do. We've got people who, who know how to work hospitality, people who know how to be greeters, people who know how to take up the offerings, people who know how to be in, uh, musicians and people who know how to be singers and, and teachers and leaders and all these things in the church. Thank God that we have places for the person with those gifts to get involved in ministry, and that's the purpose. Churches are built by the people, not by the pastor, and not by personalities. Each person is essential in the church. Essential. And I want every one of you to know that every one of you are essential. Let me ask you this question. Look at the body that God has given to you for just a second. Look at your hands. Look at your arms. Let me ask you this question. What part of your body would you gladly lose? My stomach. <laughs> My fat. I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about liposuction here. I'm talking about what part of your body. A finger, you want to lose a finger, an, an ear, a nose, a, a little toe maybe. No, none of us would. We love every part of our body, don't we? And every part of our body has a function. If you don't believe your little toe has a function, if you lose your little toe, guess what you lose? Your balance. It helps you balance. That little stubby little thing that you don't even wash half the time, you never clip the toenail off of it because you can't find it half the time, that little thing is very essential to your life. Yeah. Every part of your body you love. And God says that we, each one of us, we put together, read it in Ephesians 4, we put together the body of Christ. We are the muscles, the bones, the ligaments, every moving part. You are part of the body. And if you are part of my body, guess what? You are essential. And I don't want to lose one part of this body. As a matter of fact, I want the body to grow, don't you? Amen. I want the body to be better. I want the body to be stronger. And every person has a place in the body of Christ. And the Bible says that we are to be built up. I read it. We are to build up one another spiritually. Emotionally, physically, every way, build each other. When we come together as the church, we build each other up. We encourage one another. Uh, you know what the greatest testimony to this community is? 
When they drive by here on Sunday mornings and the parking lot's packed out, when they drive on Wednesday nights, they go, what is going on at that church on a Wednesday night with all those cars everywhere? That's a testimony. So if you don't want to come to church, just come park your car and drive and leave it something. No, I'm just kidding. We build each other up and then the Bible says what? We build up, then we grow up. We become mature. We no longer stay infants. You know what infants do? Cry a lot. Yeah, cry a lot. Why? Two reasons. They're hungry and they got dirty diapers. I believe we are to have spiritual infants in the church that are just born again. They're, they're to say infant stage for a little while. But we don't want 30 people who've been saved for 30 years to be acting like infants. Pastor, feed me. Hey, feed yourselves. That's what the Word of God says. Build yourself up. Make yourself stronger. Read the Word of God yourself. Purify yourselves, the Word of God says. We, we, we grow up, we mature, and when you grow up and mature, guess what? You don't need somebody changing your diaper. You don't need somebody feeding you. Because guess what? Today I did, I fed myself. I made sure that I didn't drip anything on me. I cleaned my face, everything's good, and I'm full and content, and I'm not whining about it. There's a lot of times people in the church get a little whiny. You know what I then surmise? Babies. No matter how old they are, how young they are, if you're whining about stuff and you're crying about things, most of the time you're infants in your belief and your maturity. We need to grow up. Why? So that we are no longer running from church to church to church. We're no longer running from personality to personality. We're no longer running, hey, they're doing this here and that there. No, no. We grow up, we mature, and we build each other up, and we're part of the body. I mean, I don't want to wake up in the morning and one part of my body have run off during the night. I want my body to be the same way it is in the mornings when I go to bed tonight, don't you? And the body of Christ is that way. We become mature. So what's the biblical principles, pastor? Well, it's the training ground. The church is the training ground. This is where we come. This is the locker room. This is the practice ground. If you do not practice, you don't play. And so we come in... And sometimes we need to go through a repairing process, don't we? You ever had your, had your life hurt during the week sometimes and you need repairing? Um, Matthew chapter 4 verse 21, it says this, And going on from thence, he saw two other brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, and they were doing what? Preparing their nets. And Jesus called them. Now, why were they preparing their nets? They were preparing their nets for fishing. What happens when you use your nets fishing? They get ripped, they get torn, and they need to be repaired. Sometimes in life, if we are using our gifts and we're going out fishing for men, we will get ripped. We will get torn. We will get hurt. And so the church is the place where we come in and go through a repairing process. God heals us. Maybe sometimes it's a brother or sister that comes up and God helps them to use their gift and help heal us and speak encouragement to us and build us up and help us. We all need that from time to time. That's why the Bible says, don't forget the assembling of yourselves together. And that is what has been so harsh during this pandemic, is we have not been able to assemble. The church 
ought to have instructions on it that says, some assembly required. We've got to get together. We've got to build each other up. We've got to help the ones in the church that get hurt and get worn down and get discouraged and, and encourage them and build them up and mature them. There's a repairing process. Um, I wanted to go fishing one time, and I remember this time. It was so much fun. Sandy and her mom wanted me to take them fishing. I'm not a fisherman, but I went to the fishing store. We had a fishing store, and I went there and I bought a tackle box, and I don't know what is what, so I just bought a bunch of lures that were pretty. Just being honest. I got the pretty ones. I looked on there, got all the pretty ones, and I filled the tackle box up. I bought some rod and reels. I took them back to Sandy and her mom. I said, okay, let's go fishing. And I took them down to this pond, and it was a beautiful pond and trees and shadow. It was just beautiful. And so we're starting to fish, and we, we, I give them their lures, and they put the lures on the rods, and they start throwing them. But neither one of them know how to use a rod and a reel. And so the first cast, guess where the, the lure's at? In the trees. So I can't get the lure out of the tree, so I break the line and the lure's in the tree. So after about one hour, one hour, we're finished fishing. Because every lure that I had bought and put in the tackle box is now Christmas tree ornamentation all around this pond. Now most people would have thought, well that was not a good day. It was one of the most wonderful days of our life. We had so much fun. I had so much fun watching those ladies trying to learn how to cast the rod. And you may say, well, Pastor, what about all the lures? The lures are meaningless. What was beautiful was I was prepared. You see, sometimes we get caught up in the shiny things. That's not the meaningful part of church. The meaningful part of church is that we get repaired and, and that we get prepared to go out and do what God has called us to do. You see, there's a repairing process and there's also a repairing process. Being prepared, Psalm 34, I mean 37, verse 4 only. I remember this because there was a lady in my church. She was an infant Christian. And this lady walks up to her and she gives her thought, Psalm 37 verse 4 and tells her, you pray this verse, you hold on to this verse and God is faithful. So the verse says this, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. How many know that that is true? God will. But she prayed this verse and prayed this verse and nothing happened. And after about six or eight months, she came back to the lady and she said, hey, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm believing. I'm delighting in the Lord. I can't delight in the Lord anymore, but yet I'm not getting the desires of my heart. I overheard the conversation. And I said, that's because you only have verse 4. She said, well, what else do I need? I said, you need verse 5. Verse 5 says this, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will do all this. You see, we want to have the Lord give us the delights of our hearts, but we don't want to make the commitment to Him to make it happen. And sometimes we can take a verse here and a verse there and, and put them all together and go, look what God's Word says, but we need to make sure we keep it in context. 
I mean, take delight in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. If you commit all your ways to the Lord and trust in the Lord, then He will do these things. You see, that's why we need to be taught. That's why we need to come in together to get matured. Because an immature person says, all I've got to do is ask it and I'll get it. No, that's not all there is. But pastor, doesn't the word of God says, ask and you shall receive? Yes, it does. It also says, seek and you will find. It also says, knock, keep on knocking and it will be open to you. But all of those verbs are in a tense that never stops. So ask, 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 ask. Seek, 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 seek. Knock, 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 knock. And after a while, you'll get God's attention. But he wants to see, are you serious? I mean, if your kids only ask you one time for something, they may not get it. But if they're constantly, mama, 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 daddy, daddy, daddy. Dad, you've been there, right? As parents, you've been there. Daddy, what? Daddy, it's all I've ever wanted in my whole life. Daddy, mama, can I have? And after a while, you're just, oh my God, get this thing, shut this kid up. And sometimes that's the way God wants us to be. Remember the story of the widow and the judge? You know, he didn't want to take her case, but she just kept knocking at that judge's door till finally he said, What do you want? And he answered what she needed answered. We need to make sure. That we're prepared. We've got to memorize the Word of God. I mean, what are you going to do if all, you don't have your Bible with you? And you're out there. You've got to be equipped with the Word of God. Today, we can memorize everything else in the world. I mean, I've got a grandson that if you get him started talking about Jurassic Park, he can tell you every dinosaur and every name, and they're this long. And if you get him talking about Pokemons and all this stuff that's this long, I mean, we got to make sure we hide the word in our hearts. We've got adults that can tell you every name of every car and every kind of motor that's in it and every kind of transmission. We've got ladies that can tell you every kind of this and that and the other. But how many of us can sit here and do 15 scriptures, book, chapter, verse? When I was a youth pastor, we always had the, the Bible challenge. I'd have a youth come up to me and challenge me. Hey, pastor, John's 3.16. They'd always start out with that one. And then I had to answer with a book, chapter, verse of another scripture. And whoever could not answer first, lost. Yeah. You know what I was teaching those youth? The word of God. Hide his word, hide his word, memorize it. Why? Because when you're in a storm, you don't have time for a Bible. When you're, when you're talking to somebody else in this world, you don't have time to go find your Bible. You don't have time to say, well, somewhere it says something about this in the Bible. I just don't know where. Uh, you might lose your credibility as an equipped man or woman of God if you don't have the answers. Because the Bible tells us this, you're to be ready to give an answer at all times to someone who needs the answer to a question. You see, ministry is not optional for a believer. I think we've gotten this mentality that when we come to church, all we're supposed to do is sit there and listen to the message, then go home and Find what he said wrong and wait for next week. No. God's called every one of us, gifted every one of us. He's brought you into this house and the purpose is this, to get trained and equipped to go out and do the ministry, to be equipped and to do what? Serve God. Serve him in his house, yes. But more than that, serve him when you leave this house. Be a witness. Love people. Love people. 
Don't judge people. Don't condemn people. But love people. Have compassion on people. Reach out to people. Touch them in their lives. Let them know that you truly care. You see, everyone is gifted. And I know we have a lot of things going on with schools these days. I don't even understand how they can challenge math. They're, they're saying that one plus one may or may not equal two anymore. I don't understand this. Because I grew up in a world where one plus one is two. I also grew, in, grew up in a world where you really studied and you really worked hard and you made A pluses, you made an A plus. And if you didn't and you made an F, you made an F. And if you passed, you passed. And if you failed, you failed. They're, they're not like that anymore. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. But now every child gets treated as if they've all done the exact same thing. And I remember being part of a gifted and talented. Remember the gifted classes when you were in school? They separated kids out. Yeah, you're gifted. You go over here. You're not gifted. You're over here. And now they said that hurts kids' feelings. Listen, everybody in the church, gifted. There's no one in the church who's a child of God that is not gifted. Everybody's gifted. But we need to make sure we're in our gifting. I mean, if you're not gifted to sing... Don't. If you are not gifted to smile, then don't get into hospitality. It, 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 you need to work in your gifting. I mean, wouldn't it be terrible if all of a sudden my ear says, I don't want to be an ear anymore. I want to be a hand. And all of a sudden I wake up the next morning and my ear's on my hand. Wow. Let me hear you. Wouldn't that be, I'd walk around, wouldn't you think if I had an ear on my hand, I would be a little deformed? I think sometimes today churches get deformed. Because God gives people, he puts them as a part of the body of Christ, then they decide, I don't like that. That's your gift. That's where you're going to shine. That's where you're going to be a part of the body of Christ. And every other part needs you to do what you're supposed to do. The Bible says, don't let the ear say that I want to be a toe. And don't let the toe say I want to be an ear. Be happy to be an ear. Be happy to be a toe. There's only ten toes. There's only two ears. So be happy. You're gifted. God gifts you. He loves you. If you're his child, he wants you to get equipped, grow up, build up, mature yourself, and walk and talk. Don't have to worry about changing your diapers or whining because you're hungry. Because if you get hungry, you feed yourself. If you get a little dirty, you go take a shower. Yeah. And then we are then the biblical church that God has called us to be. Because we don't run around every wind and wave of doctrine. We know what the Word of God says. And listen, today we need to know the Word of God. Because in our society today, Jesus said, when he, I read it today, he said, I am living in a very sinful generation. That's what Jesus said. We are living in a very sinful generation. And today, people don't know what is right and what is wrong anymore. And the Bible says there are some things that are right and there are some things that are wrong. Lifestyles are right and wrong. 
Choices, right and wrong. Light, darkness, these kinds of things. And today when people ask you, we have, a, we have kids in our Impact Girls and Royal Ranger Ministries that are asking questions that the leaders are having to come to me and go, Pastor, can you help us with this answer? Yeah, these little kids are being confronted today with questions that they shouldn't even be asking. Uh, I didn't even ask these questions until I was 35 or 40. And now they're asking them at six and eight years of age. We have to have an answer. We have to give a biblical truth answer. Not what we feel, not what we think, but what does the Word of God say? And that's what a church is. A church is a place where people who are hurting can get repaired. It's a church where people who come in are received and loved and hugged. And we are here to help them get equipped and serve God. Amen? Amen? Stand with me tonight. A biblical church. I want us to be a biblical church because God blesses order. When he had thousands of people to feed, he got them in order. He put them in groups and said, here's how we're going to do it. He got his disciples, got the helpers, and they got them fed. When he wanted to teach, he got them in order and he taught. God has everything in order. The first thing that he does in Genesis 1-1, he puts things that are in chaos in order. Let there be light. And there was light. Father, I pray right now in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to get back to the central foundation of what a church is all about. Why we come to church. What the purpose of the church is. What are the priorities of the church. I pray tonight, God, that all of us can be repaired if there's anybody torn or hurt. That we can come into the house of God and get repaired. That no one will, will hurt us while we're here, but we're here to mend broken people. I pray tonight, God, that as we walk out, we realize this is where we start our ministries when we leave the church. Help us to be lights in darkness and help us to shine forth as new day to those who are in this darkness, I pray. Amen and amen. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.